Welcome back, guys. You're um, listening to Faith FM with Encounter with God here with uh, Lyle and Mon with The Breakfast Show. And Sven has agreed to join us for the Bible study, which is just super awesome. I love it. This is one of my favorite things that happens on the show when the guest decides to stay for the Bible study. And I have to say, it's a little bit of a problem this time because we were having such a good time chatting. <laughs> we, <laughs> we almost got caught out. Oh, the news is I've thrown the headset on and started talking bef- <laughs> long before my brain was in gear. <laughs> good thing you didn't babble. Playing, playing catch up there. Anyway, yes, uh, Sven... Earthstring, did I say it correct? That's right. Yes. Did we talk about this on air yesterday or were we talking about it off air? I can't off remember. Air. Oh, darn it. I was going to, well, well, now that we've talked about it, let's just talk about it on air. But yesterday, Lyle and I were like gearing ourselves up to correctly, correctly pronounce Sven's surname before he came in today as a guest because I've known you for a number of years now. In and fact, you, yeah, I thought you were like, uh, you're a pastor at a church over in Western Australia back in 2013 that I was attending. So it's wow. been a while. And this whole time, I've called you Pastor Ostring. <laughs> <laughs> or O-string, but not O-string. string Which yes. it turns out, because Lyle was like, don't say it on air because it means something rude. I can't remember what it is, but it's something we can't say on air. It is so, of course, the first question I asked you when you came in was like, what does your name mean? Well, well, in Swedish, Ost means cheese. So so if you say Ost-ring, it just basically cheese says, I'm, I'm, I'm Cheezel, Sven Cheezel. So. Sven So it's not that rude. But. Are you involved in any kids' ministries? Because they could definitely call you Pastor Cheezel. I think they would love that. That's a great idea. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. I'll start up my Facebook page or, or should it be Instagram? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Snapchat's where it's at. <laughs> anyway, we're very glad to have you stay Pastor Cheezel for our breakfast uh, oh, no. Bible study. <laughs> but before we jump into our 20 million movement, we are going to do another clue for our breakfast Bible quiz. I hope that you've been thinking about this. Uh, there is a prize involved, so get ready to get your phones out and call us if you have the right answer. So it is a what book of my quiz. It's been a hard one. It has been a hard one. And um, our fourth clue this morning is this. The division of Israel into two kingdoms, northern and southern, occurs in my 12th chapter. So chapter 12 of this book records the division of Israel into two kingdoms, north and south. Okay, so at least you've got a chapter to work with now. But, um, yeah, not such a, a bit of an obscure one this morning. Yeah. So, if I open the door and, and tell the station manager what I, my guess is, do I get the prize or <laughs> no, does it, am I disqualified? I don't know. Do we give them a prize? So, anybody, <laughs> anybody who's sitting in that seat over there in front of the microphone is disqualified <laughs> from answering. Oh, uh, Dr. Cheezel doesn't get the prize. <laughs> no, because I've never been allowed to get the prize. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Let me hand a pen and paper to... Uh, Doc Cheese and see if he can't write down the right answer for me. That's how Lyle has to guess every morning. And uh, and Lyle takes it very personal if he can't get it right. Yeah, I try and get on the first one, but um, yeah, not always. Oh, he has it correct. He has written down the correct answer. Nice. Okay, so everyone in the studio knows the answer now. Give us a call if you know the answer. The prize could be yours today. 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. Give us a call. Okay, guys, we are uh, up to Encounter with God. We are studying through the book of Revelation and um, such an exciting book to be able to be digging into. We have been going through the seven churches and as we have mentioned over the last few days looking at these uh, particular churches here, uh, the seven churches were seven letters written to seven literal churches at that time uh, in history. Also, 
being a part of the book of Revelation. They are seven different time periods. They're symbolic of seven different time periods down through history. So you've got the literal application, you've got the symbolic application, and then you have the personal or spiritual application where each one of these churches has a message for you and I, and we are up to the last one. I was going to ask you about the last one, aren't we? We are up to the last one, which means that we get to talk about us yeah. today. Yeah, that's what I was saying. This is about us, isn't it? So that should be super exciting. You always want to, it's always kind of interesting to read about yourself. Well, <laughs> usually, but I don't think this church has a pretty good rap, does it? So, but what if you don't go to church? Does it apply to you as well? That's a good question. Ooh, very good question. I would say this. It applies to anyone who professes to be a follower of Jesus, regardless of whether they attend church or not. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, I said again. Anyone who professes to be a follower of Jesus. And here's why I say that. Okay. If you profess to be a follower of Jesus, that's what makes you a Christian or a part of the Christian, the visible church. It's the profession. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it does not mean that you are part of, obviously, of the in- invisible church because the invisible church is made up of people who are saved. And Correct. we can't tell who's saved and who's not. Yep. Indeed. But I would say that this applies because, I mean, think about it this way. Let's say that, um, that I'm a churchgoer and I move to a part of Outback Australia where there is no church that I can attend. Does that mean that I am now excluded from this one and that none of it applies to me anymore? And I can sit back comfortably and say, oh, all those bad things that it says about, you know, Laodicea doesn't apply to me because uh, I'm living in good the point. Outback. Or if I become a hermit, can I avoid being a part of Laodicea? But, you know, the interesting thing is some of these characteristics in this letter actually apply, I think, to to all Australians. You know, some of the, the things about, you know, having gold or material wealth, it could even even apply to, to all of us. So so maybe there's a message for Maybe it's a letter to the church in Australia. Maybe it's a letter maybe. to Australia. It could it could be. I mean letter to Aussies, right? But it here. is like letter a time frame kind of a thing. Like it's it clearly, you know, it's the last church is referring to a time frame so that you, you would usually think it refers to everyone who is living at that time, yeah. not just one particular group, right? But I guess I guess Lyle's right in the sense that it's specifically referring to people who are followers of Jesus. But maybe it kind of like overflows a bit. There's a message for, for all of us as Aussies as well. I think the one that applies probably the most broadly to Aussie, to everyone is the parable of um, the four different kinds of ground, uh-huh. the sower. Interesting. Wait, 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 that's yes. in this? Sorry? There's ground, there's sowing ground in this church? Uh, no, but there's a parallel between that prophecy because you go to, there's four different kinds of ground. There's the path, um, there is the weeds, there is, sorry, there is the path, the rocks, the weeds, and the good soil, mm-hmm. which is four different kinds of hearers. Mm-hmm. And so within that parable, of course, you know, you have people, the, the rock, the p- people who fall on the path, the seed falls on the path and that kind of ground, it produces nothing. And so within this parable, I think we have everybody included. But within this parable, I find that, you know, the, the seed that falls amongst the weeds and the riches and the cares and the pleasures of this world, as the Bible describes it, it's just talking about Aussies. Yes, yeah, for a second there, I thought you were going to tell me that the Laodiceans were gardeners. What does the name Laodicean mean? Is it something to do with gardening? 
This is a good question, Moni. You want to have a crack at guessing what the word Laodicea I've, might mean? I've been, I've been like half, half. I love asking this. this. I love when I preach on Laodicea. I love asking my congregation, what does Laodicea mean? Because they always get it wrong. So Lyle's taught us that Smyrna, like they have myrrh in Smyrna. That's where that comes from. And then like Pergamum and Thyatira. Surprisingly, not about tires. I guess that. And uh, we've had Sardis, not about sardines. Sven, just in case you're confused. Philadelphia, not about cream cheese. As really? you can tell, I'm not really that good at guessing. Uh, <laughs> Laodicea, what could that be about? Laodicea, it doesn't really sound like anything on the planet, does it? No. Laodicea, maybe it is like, it does sound See, like a scientific if, if name for a to, flower. If you're, going to, if you're going to make a cream cheese and make it very marketable, um, brotherly love is just a great yeah, name. Philadelphia, true. call it's it Philadelphia, true. you know, yeah, yeah. It's just brotherly love. Doesn't it sort of like laying around on a couch like Laodicea? <laughs> yeah. But that, that's as a result of the, of Laodicea. Yeah, may, is this is this a, is this they build couches in this city? <laughs> is, that where, is that where this name comes from? I think there is actually. I think Sven may actually have oh, no something way. here that is um, incorrect, but definitely a. Uh-huh, applies. Uh-huh. Lyle's really trying to stretch out yeah, his compliments. Yeah. This is, this is um, eisegesis at its best. <laughs> eisegesis. <laughs> Something about cheeses again, is it? <laughs> and we're back to the cheese. Uh, so what okay. does the name Laodicea mean? Uh, a people judged or the judgment of the people. Something Wait, along those lines. Is that again? A people judged or a judgment to the people? Yeah, okay. Judgment of the people. It relates to judgment. Well, that's very fitting because yeah. if it's the last church, yeah, exactly, at the end. exactly. Because yeah. laos means people, doesn't it? Yes, laos, oh. laos. Mm-hmm. See it, judging of the people. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, it let's is. read some of the characters. Because whenever I, the reason I like asking this one uh-huh. in in church, and you you, you preach on Laodicea, what does Laodicea mean? Everyone goes, oh, lukewarm. It's like no. That's mm. yeah. That's usually what people would guess, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah, they, yeah. they, they they that's the, the characteristic. It's so of it. famous for people laying around on couches. Um, well, let's yeah. read some of the characteristics of these people. Spiritually laying around. Because it does actually say the word lukewarm in okay, here. Okay, go for it, Mon. Uh, write this letter to the angel of the church in Laodicea. This is the message from the one who is the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's new creation. Oh, 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 oh. Stop right there. Mm-hmm. Okay, we need to think about this right there. There's a sentence there at the end that could uh, create trouble. The beginning of God's new creation. Was Jesus the beginning of God's new creation? What's this all about? You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so if Jesus is the beginning of God's creation, then does that is is the Bible saying here that Jesus is the first being that God created? Is Jesus no. a created being? Oh, Sven's very um, adamant. No. I'm just. But mine, it's, 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 it's right there. I'm noticing something. Have you noticed, right, Lyle? At the beginning of each of these letters to these seven churches, it starts off by describing something about Jesus, and it's always like a little yes. code. And then you have to decipher. Oh, that means Jesus, and each one is a little bit different. Uh-huh. That's right. Why and each, have they done each it? Each different one applies to. The message to the church. So, for instance, in Smyrna, you're talking about Smyrna, mm-hmm. uh, where Jesus says, I am he which was dead and is alive. Yeah. And this is a church that is persecuted. And he says, you know, and all the way through, they're going to be facing death. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that Jesus was dead, is alive, has conquered the grave, gives them encouragement. But isn't that amazing that, you know, we can encounter God, uh, we can encounter Jesus, I should say, at the point where our greatest need is. You know, if if we're hungry, he's the bread of life. If we're in the dark, he's the light of the world. 
you know, if we are struggling with what's true, what's false, I am the the way and the truth. You, you know what I mean? Isn't that amazing that God meets us where we are and where we need? It's need actually him? so beautiful. Okay, so what need is? Okay, we're gonna we, we'll talk about we, we will get we will involve ourselves in your sidetrack for a moment, Mon. Thank you, thank you. And then, I will, and then I will come down and pin you down on this verse. <laughs> Go on about Jesus being the beginning of God's creation. But I mean, you just ha- you have to admit it's interesting that instead of saying so each letter, again. hey, this is this letter is from Jesus. It's like no, no, no. We're going to describe a little something different about Jesus' character each time. You have to admit that's true. How does it minister to our needs that the Bible describes? Jesus in his letter to us, the church in our era, as the faithful and true witness. Oh, is it a reflection of how unfaithful and untruthful we are? Mm, That's an interesting thought. Mm -hmm. I think it's because what we find in this letter as we go on, that this group of people have kind of lulled themselves to sleep, and they've kind of got to this point where they... They're actually believing something about themselves, but it's not actually true. Ooh. And so Jesus is coming along saying, hey, I just really want to share with you the true um, nature, the true reality of where you're at. And you can really trust me with this. That's okay, so these people are self-deceived. That's, that's pretty serious, yeah. Lyle. Yes. I'm, I'm, st- I'm going to stick with it. Wow. I'm going I'm to stick with that. They're self-deceived because... They think they're okay, they're not okay, and Jesus is going to do away with their self-deception by being a true witness. He's going to actually Sounds good. Sounds good from what Jesus is going to do. I don't know about where they're at. Sounds a bit kind of like, ooh, they're self-deceived. Well, actually, that self-deception, like that theory is supported in verse 17, yeah. It Mm. is. Should we keep reading? Okay, so this is us, by the way. Yeah, it is. This is, this is the most painful one because we're reading about ourselves, essentially. Right. But, 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 okay, all right. So Jesus is the, is the true and faithful witness. And, and let's think about it, really. If you are self-deceived about something, do you want somebody, do you want a friend who is going to maintain that self-deception and be like, oh, okay, yes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I accept you as uh, who you are? Or do you want somebody to say, hey, you know what? Um, you're actually self-deceived right now. Well, I know. Which do you prefer? I know who Donald Trump prefers. <laughs> look, I guess it's the way you say it. And if look, yeah. if if I knew that you really cared about me, if I knew that Monica was really on my side, yes, and it came, she came to me and said, "Sven, I, you know, I really need to tell you something. You think you're this, but everybody else knows you're something else. So you think you're Doctor Estring, but you're really Doctor Chisel. <laughs> then, 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 then I'd, I'd I'd be willing to buy that. Yeah. I'd be willing to go it's along true. with that. Yeah, yeah. So." It's true. It's true when like some strangers come to you and make some remark, you know, you're more inclined to disregard it. But when a friend pulls you aside and says, "Hey," and pulls, well, it's a little bit like when you go shopping, right? And you go it's into painful, and, and you but put it's on a dress. True. Mm-hmm. When you put on a dress in the shop, the sales agent is always going to tell you, you, "You look amazing," uh-huh. whereas your best friend might say, "That's hideous." Yeah, that's right. And that's yeah. what you really want to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not the sales pitch. Yeah. yeah. And so this is what Jesus is saying: mm. is I'm going to tell you the real thing. I'm going to tell you what's actually hideous about you right now, man. <laughs> Read on down through here and he says some pretty hideous things. But the other thing is that he not only tells you what is really true about you, so it takes away that self-deception, but then he's got the power to help you to grow from that. Absolutely. Amen. And this is the whole, what the whole message to Laodicea is all about. Mm. It's a very positive message. A lot of people, as we mentioned yesterday, see it as a negative message. Like, oh, we're going to leave Laodicea and go and join Philadelphia. Well, bad luck for you. That's not the end time. Well, it's church. a little bit painful, but it has the power to, to help you grow, as Sven just said. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Okay. All right. We are coming back to this first, Mon. I'm not letting you off the hook. Okay. 
The beginning of the creation of God. Jesus, the beginning of the creation of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it clearly says, the Bible clearly says. God's new creation. There you go. The beginning of God's new creation. What's your point? Yeah. Jesus was a created being. No, he's not. As Ben says, no, he's not. I say, no, he's not. But it clearly says it right there in the Okay, verse. okay, this is what we're going to do. The two of you are going to take it outside to the car park and deuce it out. <laughs> okay. No, but we, we agree. We agree. We're going to deuce it out with you. Yeah. Oh, I the, thought you were disagreeing with going, each other. You're going to what are you saying? I'm disagreeing. We're not going to fight with you, Monica. You're, you're a <laughs> because female. I would win. <laughs> Somebody hold my earrings. I'm kidding. I'm not wearing any. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see. Well, so what? The beginning of God's new creation. But that doesn't necessarily mean Jesus, right? That means what he created. No. Okay. See, see what Lyle is saying is if mm-hmm. if Jesus is the beginning of God's creation, then he's the first one off the the sort of assembly off, line. Yeah. <laughs> so so he he's the the first manufactured good that God had. So uh, we've got a problem here. This is here. a message from yes. the one who is the amen. Okay, so Sven, you say that God Jesus is not the first. But doesn't being it say Jesus was there at creation, witnessing it? Okay, let me, let me come to Sven because he says that uh, I, I say the Bible says, and I'm playing the devil's advocate mm-hmm, right here. You mm-hmm. need to understand that. Of course you are. Um, the Bible says that Jesus was the first being ever created by God, and Sven says, no, that's not the case. So Sven, um, yeah, go for <laughs> okay, it. Okay, so, so you have to dive a little bit deeper into the Greek right here. So you, do. you pull out the Greek card, which is always good yes. uh, when you've, you've done a bit of theology. But the beginning, uh, the word beginning there means ache, or ache in Greek, mm-hmm. um, which has a number of different uh, meanings, um, as in all English words or, or any word from any language. And so ache, like archangel, Ache means uh, the ruler, the, the, the one who, who governs. So, so effectively, while it's saying the beginning of God's creation, it's really saying that God, Jesus is the ruler of God's creation. He's the one above it all. Um, so he's not the first block off the assembly line. He's the, the, the manager of the whole show. Mm-hmm. He, he's the mm-hmm. one who created the, 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 uh, you know, the, the whole of creation. So, so yeah, so if you dig a little bit deeper um, and make sure you understand that word beginning in the Greek, you end up knowing that, that Jesus is not a creator being. Well, which is and something we actually learned recently because we're talking about how, how God was, uh, Jesus was the first one to raise from the dead, which we know he wasn't the first one to raise. A bunch of people were raised from the dead Moses Jesus was exactly and it wasn't because he was in a timeline the first person we learned it was because he was the most important person that's right to have raised from the dead he was mm. the Ache the greatest that's it ever mm-hmm. was I don't th- not sure whether it uses that same word there or not but um, with this word Ache it's interesting it's also translated in some places as beginner okay yeah that would make sense beginner of the creation yeah. of God and yep. uh, and that equally applies right here. So you've got, Very you've, much got so. you've got uh, this is not one of those passages that you can that is unequivocal. There are a number of different ways that you can translate this passage, and uh, many of those are, of course, are in harmony with the rest of the Bible. That's right. I, that's what I was going to say, Lyle, as well. Is if you you have to go from this point, and you have to bring in Colossians one. Colossians one. In fact, uh, why don't we read that just for uh, the sake of our listener this morning? Um, Colossians one, and beat you both. Yeah, people always do. I always race, Lyle, and I always win. That's because Mon can multitask. Okay, verse seventeen. He is before, this is Jesus, all things. That's a very simple statement right there. That's an unequivocal statement. The Bible says that Jesus exists before all things. It is impossible 
for that verse to be true if the Father existed before Jesus, because the Bible says he existed before all things, but means he has been here from the very beginning. And you find that in, in John chapter 1, 2. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. So mm. you, right back at the beginning, Jesus was with There was God. never a time when they were not both there together. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so we've got some very clear passages here that help us to understand what it is that is taking place in Revelation uh, chapter 3 in the introduction to the letter to the church in Laodicea. Okay, let's continue on here and let's go to verse 15. Zven, would you like to read that one for us, please? I know all the things you do that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I'll spit you out of my mouth. You say I'm rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So I advise you to buy gold from me, gold that has been purified by fire. Then you'll be rich. Also, buy white garments from me so that you'll not be shamed by your nakedness and ointment for your eyes so you'll be able to see. I correct and discipline everyone I love. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. Okay, let's let's let's, let's stop wow, there. Wow, there is I, so I was, much I was imagery. Actually, in that. after verse fifteen, but we got the whole passage right there. There's a lot of imagery in there, but Lyle, I think we're going to have to come back to it because it's time for a song. So we're going to have a look at what this imagery all means right after Matt and Josie Minicus with the song "Lead Us Faithfully."
Back, guys, that was Matt and Josie Minicus with Lead Us Faithfully, and we are nearly through the quizzes without anybody having snapped it up yet. I told you it's a hard one. In fact, I think I'm about to, yeah, I'm about to do the last clue, which means after this, you and Sven and I are going to have to come up with some DIY homemade uh, clues. So if I let it slip, do, do you? Sven? I will. I will take you outside myself. I'll stick you, you over my be, knee. You will be crucified, crucified. <laughs> on air. Oh. On air. Actually, do you know what Lyle and I have given? Well, Lyle mostly. Has but what's given the prize? I really. What's the prize that people? We get? have a prize. Actually, do you know what? You want to pick one? You can, you can pick one right now if you like. While I'm giving the next clue, uh, you can pick that one or that box next to it is full. Yeah, in that box right there is full. You want to give away that one? Tell, tell the people what you. It's because he's Sven. hungry. Uh, okay, mate, this, have you had breakfast yet, Sven? I have, but it was okay. only wheat big bites. So this All is right. looking really good. What yep. is it? Nature's superfood. Simply natural, super healthy. Wow, this looks amazing. Yeah, uh, it's a really great cookbook, actually. I think it's a pizza on the front. Yeah, so we have a, we have a deal. Basil, basil have this, avocado. Yum. We have this deal whenever uh, somebody wins a cookbook. They owe us a meal. Yeah, they have to, they have to make <laughs> right. something from the book. So yeah, good pick, Swim. Cause you're doing that now. Well so they actually get to meet you in person if they win. Yeah. Well, yeah. We have, it hasn't actually happened yet. It hasn't worked out yet. Some people have offered. We just haven't gotten around to collecting. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, let me give you the uh, the next clue for our breakfast Bible quiz. It's our what book am I quiz, and our final clue of the clue card today is this: I follow after Second Samuel. Okay, if you have a Bible, open it, look and in it. Check in your contents page. Call us on 1-800-324-843. Check your contents page. And snap up a free cookbook. What book comes after Second Samuel? <laughs> so they were pretty hard. That was they easy. They were pretty hard up until then. Yeah, but we've got two more clue, clue options to go. So <clears> in the next th- segments, we're going to give away some homemade clues. Would it be Third Samuel? Would that, would that uh, follow? <laughs> third Samuel. I love it. No. <laughs> there is no such book as Third Samuel. Don't oh. listen to Don't listen to Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we were this needing... This is not entirely... There's a kind of, like, you know, element of truth to that, kind I of, s- I suppose. I suppose. You could re- you could rename this book Third Samuel if you, you could, had to. You if could. you had to. But anyway, leaving the quiz aside, 1-800-FAITH-FM, by the way, it's a number. We you were could, you up could, to our... You could rename First and Second Samuel after this book and have this one as third of the one that it is. I think you're confusing people now. <laughs> Just look up your Bible, your table of contents, you'll get it. Yep. All we right, were, we were up to our eyeballs in Laodicean and characteristics. Are, I can see we are not going to finish this one today. But anyway, the Bible says in verse 15, I know your works, that you were neither cold nor hot. I would prefer that you were cold or hot. I think we're going to be hot today. Is that right? Now, yeah. one of the things that, that jumps out at me, uh, talking to atheists, is that very first phrase, I know all the things that you do. And don't you think it's a little bit freaky that that somebody would actually know everything about you, all your thoughts, all what you've done? 
I mean, it's like that would being under constant surveillance. Yes, that's the big brother to the max. That would freak me out if I did not know this person. Absolutely. Yeah, that's true. And mm. if it was any human being here on this earth, even though even human beings that I did know really well, I'd still be freaked out. Yeah. But knowing this person, it's like, yeah, okay, that's okay. So, this so a, this is a good thing. This is a positive thing. So, why is it a positive thing that if God knows everything about because us, because it means that uh, He can be the true and faithful witness, Amazing, and He yeah. can He can come to me and He can say, Lyle. Um, you stuffed up right here. You, there's some things that you need to sort out in your life. And he can be really honest about that, and he's not going to be wrong. Well, to me, it speaks of his love because you can, you know, I think we, as humans, we have this fear that if we ever told someone everything about ourselves, we would be rejected. Where God already knows everything about you, even more than you know about yourself, and he still loves you. He still, he gave still his life died for you. He still yeah, died exactly, for you. Exactly. Exactly. After all, he knows. There's nothing you can tell him that he doesn't already know about you. And he's also sort of watching over you. So, so he has that sort of like wherever you drive, you know, whether you work or home, down on the beach, he's still watching over you. It's, it's while on one hand, the surveillance has this idea of fear because, the, you know, the government, so, so to speak, is, is watching you to catch you out. On the other hand, if, it's, if someone's watching over you to care for you, and to protect you. I mean, that that's an amazing thing. Yeah, there's a difference with intent. Usually when we think exactly. of like Big Brother, we, know, we we sort of have this idea of an evil intent, and that's yes. why they're doing it. God is never, never evilly intended towards us. Yes. But he sees that we're... We're not hot nor cold. We're lukewarm. But isn't lukewarm, isn't that like a really nice place to be? It's good for a swim. Yeah, my pool right now is lukewarm and it's great for swimming lukewarm, in. Yeah, four in the but morning. not if you want to drink. Not if you want to drink, guys. Yeah, that's true, Luke. Yes, if yeah. you've ever been invited over to somebody's house and somebody um, asks you, hey, would you love to have a, uh, a lukewarm drink? A lukewarm glass of orange juice. Yeah, it, lukewarm. <laughs> it just does not go down. It does not go down. No, you, you either Don't want they, a hot drink or a yeah, cold mom, drink. Exactly. exactly. Let me talk to you about Jimmy. Isn't, isn't what they do in Jimmy? Here we go. Don't they serve you Look. lukewarm beer where, where was this germany you said <laughs> it's all my fault isn't it look personally i don't drink beer and i never have um but i don't Amen. know Praise i don't know God. why they got into it lukewarm beer but it, but you can apparently taste but in australia the that would more. be an anathema no 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 you you get a, you get your money back if you yeah, but, but i mean pretty much universally around the world you go to somebody's house they're going to uh, invite you inside either for a cold drink or a hot drink that's right i have never been invited into somebody's house for, for a, lukewarm. a lukewarm drink yeah and it's really hard to get down lukewarm yeah. drinks just don't go down well yeah no, no. No. Yeah, and I think uh, lukewarm orange juice would probably it's take disgusting. the cake. So, so how come these the, this church Laodicea? Wh- why are they lukewarm? What, what's made them lukewarm? And also, what, what's where where did where did that imagery come from? You know, yeah. in terms of Laodicea back then, you know, Turkey. What, I actually want to know what it means to God if you're hot towards God, if you're a cold yeah. towards because that would be like hold that thought, hold that. Go thought. on, go on. He holds a lot of your thoughts, doesn't he? Because <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted, to, I wanted to not to sidetrack from what Sven was just yeah, talking go about on, this go concept on. of lukewarm because there's a historical basis for this. Oh, really? It's really fascinating. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Laodicea had a water supply. As do tell. Cities do do tell. But their water supply was not near the city. No, it wasn't. So it came in through pipes. Okay. Oh. Yeah. It's quite modern. And, yes, very modern of them. And Laodicea's water supply was a hot spring. Oh. Okay. Not a cold spring. Not a cold spring. It was, it was a, a hot, hot spring. spring. But yes, hang on. Thermal. So by the time it got through the pipes, it was probably lukewarm, wasn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah, that's nasty. It didn't, go, it didn't travel far enough to go cold. Mm-hmm. 
It was lukewarm. By the time it came out of their taps or whatever it came out of. Have you been there, Sven? No, I haven't. I was going to ask you if you've been. No. We should go. I've been. Okay, you're on. Not. Yes. (laughs) kidding. The three three of us. Marta, you want to come to uh, Laodicea, Turkey? Yeah, Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Turkey. Faith Evan from Trip, if you you want to join us. If you want to join us, let us know. 1-800-324-843 is our number. We'll organise a trip to Turkey. We'll do the seven churches. And Does that mean that when we get to Laodicea, are the, is the water supply still lukewarm there? I believe so. I believe we that definitely the... Well, no, no, okay. So I believe that the plumbing system is still there. Okay. And you can... I've seen photographs of, you know, the pipes that used to um, run the water in. And the thermal spring is still there. And so you can go and swim in the thermal spring. No, that Very would be awesome. cool. Very yes. awesome. Monica's after that. I'm she, de- definitely, definitely yes. down. Sign me up. And you see the photos of it, and it is actually quite spectacular. Okay, but I still want to know what it means about this hot and cold business. For God, yes. yes. Right, it's right, a really right, important right, right, right. Yep, question. Yep, 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 yep. That's the important part we need to know about, so uh, go for it. Uh, who's going to talk about what it means to be hot and cold for God or lukewarm? What does it mean, like hot as in like you're hot, angry at God, or cold as in you're indifferent to God? Like, they could both be negatives. Okay. In our last little bit of time, let's put it this way, hot on fire for God. Okay. Cold, the opposite of that. And God would rather you be cold than lukewarm. Ooh. So just imagine if you're in a kind of romantic relationship, if you're really, you know, if the the girl's really hot and really keen on you, whereas cold, you get the cold shoulder, that kind of thing. Yep. Cool. So you would rather a breakup than some chick who was just stringing you along? Well, well, absolutely. I mean, yeah. just stringing you along, it's just that's, that's, really tantalizing. It's, it's the worst. It's the worst of the worst. I think we're going to have to spend some more time next week talking about hot, cold, and lukewarm. Thank you so much for joining us for our breakfast Bible study this morning. Um, Swen almost said cheese, but <laughs> I said Swen. Anyway, stay tuned. This is All Sons and Daughters with Called Me Higher. I could just sit. I could just sit and wait for all your goodness Hope to feel your presence And I could just stay I could just stay right where I am And hope to feel you Hope to feel something again
will be yours, oh, I will be yours for all my Seventh-day Adventist Church is making a difference in its community. Oh yeah, how? Well, it's worshipping together, loving together, learning together, and above all, preparing for Jesus to return together. Ooh, that sounds good. When's all this happening? Bible study start at 10 a.m., service at 11 a.m., and guess what that's followed by? Or is it this free lunch I keep hearing about? Absolutely. Oh, oh, oh. Well, please join 
join us at the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church. Our address is 105 Lindsay Street, Hamilton, New South Wales. Every Saturday morning where you will be welcomed with a smile. Open my lips I will sing your praise forever Open my lips, O Lord I will sing your Welcome back, guys, to Question of the Day. And, uh, Mon, what have we got for Question of the Day today? Oh, yes, we got a curly one, Lyle, just for you. Uh, by the way, if you do have a question about the Bible or anything else, or you just want to make Lyle uncomfortable, <laughs> give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843, and ask whatever question we'll you like. We'll try and have a crack at any question you send through, including this one. Today's question was it is... was sent through this question? No, nah, it's anonymous. Not going to share. Not going to share my sources. I protect the people, Lyle. Okay. Okay, question right. is, what dig it out is... Find their name and... Name and shame the no one. What is last generation theology? Okay, so last generation theology can create a bit of confusion because there are some, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a certain concept, a lot of which I think, you know, most Christians would hold in common. So um, the concept, the, the basic concept, it starts with this, there will be a last generation. And I think we're all agreed with that. There will be a last generation who are alive here on this earth when Jesus comes back. Um, along with that, then um, there's a follow-on concept. You know, it talks about you know this last generation will experience different experiences to any other generation previously, and we would all agree with that as well. Because here you've got a generation that is going to see the final events, is going to you know see the seven last plagues, and you know so many um, you know very dramatic events that the Bible talks about that no other generation before them has ever seen or experienced. I think the Bible is very very clear on that as well. And, um, you know, the Bible says, you know, in Psalms 91 is all about the experience of these people at this time. A thousand shall fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but no plague is coming anywhere near your living place. It's important to keep in mind because some people freak out and they go, oh, can you, you're saying that, you know, God's going to pour out plagues on the righteous? No, no, no. That's not what the Bible is teaching. The Bible is teaching that the last generation will see this. And so there's some aspects here that we can all agree with. Then we come down to the issue, and this is where it becomes interesting, the close of probation. Okay, so let me explain what we're talking about here. When Jesus, and I'll simplify this, when Jesus leaves heaven, he leaves the sanctuary in heaven. 
Now, the sanctuary in heaven is where you know, uh, mediation takes place. And so Jesus leaves the sanctuary in heaven. He's on his way to this earth. What happens during that time period? There's no mediator during that time. Jesus is not in the sanctuary in heaven. And so this is where you get a bunch of people who freak out. And as a result of that, you have um, those, and, and, and I should say that I come across this quite rarely, those who would say that when Jesus leaves the sanctuary in heaven, you must stand on your own because you have no mediator. Uh, the implication being that Jesus has left you and that now you must stand in your own power. Now, I don't know about you, Mon, but I've tried that once or twice and failed epically. Um, standing in your own power is something that you will never, ever be able to do. Standing without the grace of Jesus Christ is a total impossibility, something that will never, ever happen. And so this is why some people, they look at it and they're like, well, I've got to get good enough then. And if I can get good enough, then I can somehow bridge that gap between when Jesus leaves the sanctuary in heaven and when he arrives here on this earth and I'm changed. And you know, maybe if I grip my teeth hard enough and I try hard enough and I'm good enough right now. And so what happens? It becomes a works-based religion because they are trying to make themselves good enough to be able to bridge that gap when there is no mediator in heaven. And they really miss the whole point of what the Bible is teaching in relationship to this subject because the Bible says this, and Jesus gives this, and I want you to catch this. This is the most clear, black and white, unequivocal statement on this subject that you'll find. The Bible says, Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I want you to think about that. I will never leave you, Jesus says, nor forsake you. And this is the issue that we need to focus on. It does not matter where Jesus is, except that he is with us. And while ever Jesus is with us, if Jesus, Jesus is on my side, if he has not forsaken me, what do I have to fear? And whether Jesus leaves the sanctuary in heaven, he's on his way to this earth, you know, he's halfway in between, whatever it is, you will never stand alone. That will never take place. And we need to make sure that this is crystal clear, black and white, understood. Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Thank you so much, Lyle. If you have a question, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM is our number. 1-800-324-843.
Welcome back, guys. That was Malvinus. Shall we gather at the river here on Faith FM? And Mon is having a sudden panic attack because she has not picked out the free gift for the day. So this is not the quiz prize. This is the free gift for the day. So, Sven, at the end of the show, we uh, we get to give something away. So Fantastic. Yeah, Sven is um, still with us here in the studio. So how do you win it? Uh, you win it by being the first caller through. 1-800-324-843 is the number. Sven, have you seen this movie? I have not. It looks you fascinating. You need to see this movie. I saw it on the big screen in the theatre. Ooh. And, um, at the premiere, no less. Yes, at the premiere. Um, so if you've got a media room, you'd really enjoy it. You'd yes. have surround sound. It's, it's, it's powerful. Um, Tortured for Christ is the movie. We have promoted it here a number of times before. Put out by Vo- Voice of the Martyrs, the story of Richard Wormbrandt, um, who spent 14 years in prison in Romania for his faith, filmed on site in the very jail cell where he was imprisoned in the you know, hospital. And tortured week, for his beliefs. And tortured for his beliefs. Um, We've given away multiple copies of this DVD, and every time we do, people are just, they just love it. They're just blown away by it, and just, it's a changing, it's a changing film. It's a life changing movie. So, my question is, is it pretty graphic? I mean, is it like, you know, the the Passion of the Christ? I mean, is, am I going to eat my dinner afterwards? It's rated M. M. Okay. So, you'll survive this one. Great. Um, Great. But at the same time, M. There's a reason why it has an M rating. Yeah. Sure. If you have kids, watch it first before you before you decide to. Yeah. yeah. But powerful. Yeah. Really powerful. I would. Powerful. I would. This is a movie that I would show to my children. Um, you know, it's rare that I would ever say that about an M rated movie. Um, so long as they were a little bit older, and I had a conversation with them first. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, give us a call. One 843 is the number. Be the first caller through. And an incredibly powerful modern day story. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Welcome to the end of the week. Thank you for joining us today, Sven. We'd love to have your company along with us. We, of course, will be back on Monday morning after the 7 o'clock news.